lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, and the gospel of peace is preached to the poor. You go back and tell them that. And what I want us to see is just a glimpse of what the nature of the kingdom of God is. When he's wanting to know, are you really the one who's going to bring in the kingdom, the reign of God? Really, are you? And Jesus' answer is, just take a look. See. The deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk. The dead are raised. If that's just a glimpse into the kingdom of God and into the reign of Jesus Christ, well then, I want to be a part of it. Uh, there is a sense in which the kingdom of God has not yet been realized. That kingdom will exist throughout eternity in, a, in an unearthly way where we won't be bothered by these things. But the nature of the kingdom is such that I want the Lord to reign over me. And I want us to look at that today and for the next few weeks. And how can I live in such a way that Jesus reigns? in my life. Let us pray for rain. The Lord reigns. I don't think there's any question about that. If you'll turn in your Bible to Exodus chapter 15 and verse 18, it says the Lord reigns forever and ever. There's no end to his kingdom. He rules. He is king of kings and lord of lords. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 33, as the angel announced the coming of the Christ, the birth of Jesus, do you remember what the angel told the shepherds? He will reign over his house or over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. His kingdom will be forever and he will reign forever. Um, Jer- or Daniel, the prophet, when Nebuchadnezzar had that dream he couldn't understand in the Old Testament. And and so Nebuchadnezzar says, Daniel, tell me what it means. And Daniel says, well, here's what it means. And he goes through and tells him the, the kingdoms that would come, but they would come and they would go. Babylon, you're the head of this image that you dreamed about, but you're going to go by the wayside and there'll be another kingdom that will follow. And they will be strong for a while. And then another kingdom will follow. And then another kingdom will follow. And he gets all the way down through, well, Babylon, Medo-Persian, Greece, Rome. But he says, in the days of the Roman kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. It won't be left for other people. When Nebuchadnezzar was dead and gone and when Babylon fell, it was just left to the Medo-Persian Empire and they took over. But God said there's coming a day when a kingdom will come and it will never fail. It will never cease. It won't be left. It won't come and go like the kingdoms of men. It will stand forever. That's the kingdom of Christ that John was preaching about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 25, the Bible says that Jesus must reign until all enemies be put under his feet. And that last enemy is death. So Jesus is now reigning. He reigns as king over his kingdom and will reign until death is destroyed, which will take place at the end. And then one passage in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10 to draw your mind to. On that occasion, Jesus says, let me, let, let me teach you all how to pray. Have you ever asked uh, how to pray? I don't know how to pray. What, how do I pray? Jesus headed that off. He said, let me, let me teach you how to pray. Pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus at this time was ushering in the kingdom of God. It wasn't yet, there yet. John had been proclaiming. The prophets had been saying it's coming. John says it's at hand and Jesus is about to establish it with the beginning of his church. The, the kingdom, the reign of God is exercised in his church today. That is his kingdom. It's not a physical, it's not determined by land or, or boundaries such as that. It's the church of Jesus Christ. That is the kingdom of God. But how is his reign lived out in this kingdom that when Jesus was praying was yet to come but would soon come? Well, I think the answer to that is in the latter part of that passage. Thy kingdom come. Jesus says, pray for the coming of the kingdom. It's coming. It's at hand. It's coming. Pray for it. But how, when that kingdom comes, do we live out the reign of Christ over our lives? I think that's expressed in the very next statement. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I can try to affect on earth the desires and the will of God, Jesus, on earth as it is done in heaven that I'm allowing Jesus, I'm inviting him to reign in my life. I want us, for the next little bit, just to talk about how God reigns in us. How does Jesus reign over his kingdom? Uh, the kingdom has come, and it will stand forever. But there's a sense in which it continues to, or, or as we develop and mature, we allow him to reign more and more in our life. I think that probably there have been times in your life that maybe you're in the kingdom of God, you obey the gospel, you're in his church, you're in his kingdom, but his reign over your life maybe at times has been weak. Maybe it's not reflected this, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven mentality. So there's always room for improvements. There are always things that we can do that will help us to allow Jesus to reign in and on and through me. So how do we do that? Well, that's what I want us to look at this morning. And one in particular, one way in particular, is that of service. We allow Jesus to reign in us by becoming servants, by taking up a, a picture and a towel, and serving other people. In John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, there were 13 men in an upper room on one occasion. Twelve of them were lords. One of them was a servant. The servant was Jesus Christ. The lords were those disciples of his who were arguing just moments before about who's going to be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. These men come into this upper room, and I don't know if it's because of the hurriedness of laying claim to this room and finding the place and so forth that, that they didn't have the, the, the proper servants available to do the, the, the dirty work. You know, these guys wore sandals. And they're out on roads that aren't paved. They're dirt roads. And they come in, and the way they eat, they recline around a table. So as you recline around, eventually you're going to get to a situation where somebody's feet is close to your face. I don't want somebody eating with dirty feet right by my head. 
And so it was customary that when a person entered into a home, there was always a pitcher and a towel by the door, and a servant would come and wash your feet so that you would be clean. Nobody did that, that on that occasion. They came in. Nobody had picked up the towel. So it was Jesus who went and picked up the towel and the pitcher and said, Come here, let me, let me wash your feet. Total breach of protocol. The master does not wash the feet of his disciples. But Jesus did. Because he was trying to teach them to be servants. He said that I didn't come into this world to be served in the first place. I came in to serve and to be a ransom for many. And so he picked up this towel. Peter resisted, said, no, you're not washing my feet. I'll wash my own feet. I'm not going to stand for it. I suppose that, uh, you know, we can look at Peter and say, well, you know, that's a, after not doing the right thing, maybe your head's thinking right. You don't, you realize that this is inappropriate. But Jesus said, if you won't let me serve you, you have no part of me. And then Peter said, well, then just wash all of me because I'm sold out to you. What do we need to do to become sold out to Jesus, to let him reign over our lives? The answer is to pick up a pitcher and a towel and serve. In uh, Luke, or in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, there's a statement made, and we've mentioned it frequently, about Jesus, he went about doing good. What, what, what a way to summarize your life. If I said, you know, okay, Steve Higginbotham, he, you fill in the blank. I don't know if I'd want to hear all of them. Um, but I know what was said of Jesus. Jesus, oh yes, Jesus. He went about doing good. What a way to have your life summed up in just a sentence. We need to be people that when they look at us and they know who we are, they say, they served others. They went about doing good. That's how we allow Jesus to reign in us. Service doesn't come naturally. We don't stand in line to serve. We usually will stand in line to be served. Um, It's, well, what, what do you do? I mean, so, so often if we have the choice of, uh, you know, here's, here's two lines. So have you ever done buggy races at Walmart trying to beat somebody else to the shorter line? You know, we, we don't want to wait in line. There's a long line. There's one I can get. Oh, and, and so we, we nearly wreck as we try to get there before they do. And then we feel good because they have to wait and I don't. What about the idea of service? What about letting somebody else have preference? And just making choices. That person may never know that you made the choice to let them go ahead because of your relationship to Jesus. But do you think God will? Do you think God knows when you make those conscious decisions to to serve other people, to, to back off, to prefer others? Because I'm trying to live out Jesus. I'm letting him reign upon me. The reign of Jesus needs to see and find the light of day through service in our lives. In uh, Matthew <clears throat> chapter 6 and verse 41, um, in the, 
the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus made the statement. He was talking about going, doing things and uh, going the extra mile with people, I guess. We use the expression, in fact, from, from this very verse. But Jesus said, if, if a man compels you to go walk a mile with him, walk to. The meaning of that, of course, I'm sure you know, but, you know, in Rome, Rome had grabbed control of the territory. They were the occupying force, and those soldiers had their backpacks and all this heavy load that they had to carry. And, and so they could lawfully, if I was out mowing my yard on the road here, and, and one of these Roman soldiers came by and said, Listen, I want you to carry my backpack. You were obligated by law to carry it a mile. You had to do that. Most people that would be compelled to leave their own work, what they were doing, busy doing, would really have a resentment. You're kidding me. I've got to carry this for this man. I don't even want them here in the first place. I'm, I was busy. I'm behind. I've got work to do here, and now I've got to go take this a mile, and it's going to take me another mile to get back. And all the resentment, the bitterness, you can imagine how it must have built in those people who were occupied by Rome. Jesus says to those people, when somebody comes and says, go a mile with me, carry my load, he said, go with them too. Can you imagine what impact that must have had by the disciples of Jesus when they would get to the end of a mile with these Roman soldiers and, and you know, what typically was just contempt and disgust and here's your load and I'm going back home. The inconvenience of it all to get to that mile marker and then to say, I think I'll just go another mile with you. What? You don't have to. I know, I know I don't have to, but... I'll do it. I'll, I'll walk another mile. Do you think anybody would ever raise the question, why? Why would you walk another mile when you don't have to? What an opening for the disciples of Jesus to talk to them about the one that they serve, the one who reigns in their life. That's what I'm talking about Letting Jesus reign in you. When you let Jesus reign in you, you do things that are inconvenient. You do things that are not done just for yourself. They're done for others. It's a life of service if Jesus reigns in you. In Exodus chapter uh, 21 and verse 6, we sing a song. And I meant to uh, ask Chris to sing this, but um, I didn't. Uh, You know, we sing a song called Pierce My Ear. The story behind it, of course, comes from Exodus chapter 21. At that time, servants would uh, be indebted to serve a, a family or a master for a set of period of time, but there was a day of release when they were free from their obligations of their master. Their indebtedness to that man is gone, and now they can go about their way. At the end of that time, when they were obligated to serve, there were those who loved their masters, who were treated well, who it wasn't just a master-slave relationship. It was a relationship that was a relationship of respect and love. And at the end of that time, they don't want to leave. Why would I leave this place where I am and serve a good, loving master as you are? Why would I turn and walk from that? I want to stay. And they had a procedure where they would take that person to the doorpost 
and they would put their ear up against the doorpost and take a little nail-type thing and pound it through the ear, pierce the ear, and the, the symbol meant that I am yours forever, that I give up my right to freedom, that I, I from this day forward, belong to you. That's how we let Jesus reign in us. We go to the doorpost and we say, I don't want to leave. Oh, I know I can. I know I can walk away, but I don't want to. I want to be yours and I want to be yours forever. So pierce my ear. Make me thine, yours forever. That's the idea of letting Jesus reign in you. And you know, this morning as I was just thinking about things, and I probably shouldn't do this, but um, there are so many people here that allow God to reign in us and, and in them. And like I said, it's a thing that grows. It's a thing that we mature in. Um, the kingdom's been here a long time. But the reign of Christ hasn't always expressed itself like it should in God's people. But I'm thankful to be a part of a church where you can see the reign of God so clearly. People letting Jesus reign on them every day of the week. I was just thinking when Tony was making announcements or whoever, Justin, was making announcements, I, I thought of uh, Conrad and Rinda Slate, Clint and Angie working with the college kids. Why do they work with college people? They don't have children in that college group. So why do they do that? I think the answer is because they're walking in the reign of Christ. It's a way that they can serve. You know, Debbie and Bill Mulligan tonight, I mean, there's a Devo at their house tonight for the college age. Why are they hosting a Devo for college age? They don't have a child in that college group. Again, is it not an expression of the reign of Christ in their life? You know, I've told Gary this before, but Gary Henderson, whenever he gets up, he has, in my estimation, some of the most humble and thoughtful prayers that anybody can pray. Why, Why does Gary accept the role to uh, serve God in a public way in in worship service because he has the ability and it's a way to allow God to reign in him. Um, When I first came here, started going around visiting people, I I didn't know very many people and and, uh, went around and visited some folks that uh, were new to me and... um, we ultimately get around to, uh, let's see, where you preach at the Carnes Church of Christ. Um, does Benny, is that the church that Benny Williams goes to? I'd hear that. And they say, oh, I think the world of Benny. You know, why, why is that? Why is Benny always running around helping people? Because that's what people do when Jesus reigns in them. Um, I think of Jeannie Griffin. And uh, Lisa Marsh right now working in prison ministry at uh, Knox County Jail with the women. Why do they do that? 
Don't they have enough to do with their time? Aren't, aren't they busy people? They just have free hand? No, it has nothing to do with that. The reason they do that is because they're trying to let Jesus reign on them. Um, I think of Bob Weaver. You know, he's working with the, the children's home. Why, why is he doing that? Why is he taking on that responsibility? Because it's something he thinks he can do to help, to be an influence. It's letting Jesus reign in and through him. Uh, Jeff Smith's over here. Do you know how many hours Jeff spends on Bible Bowl? His children are out of that. They're grown. But Jeff continues to, to work up practice questions for Bible Bowls that not only our kids benefit, but... Man, half the country goes to our website trying to get Jeff's material to to train and study uh, for their children. Why does Jeff do that? It's just a way to let Jesus reign through his life. I didn't know this until just a little bit ago. Well, Laverne kind of gently reminded me, but, you know, Laverne Maddox, every Sunday there's some cards back here to sign. I didn't know they were there for a long time. Um, now I don't have an excuse when I fail to sign them. But uh, uh, she came to me and said, why don't you ever sign those cards? Well, I didn't know. But every week, Laverne Maddox takes cards back here to sign to people who are in need or some situation has arisen in their life. And, and members of the church sign it. She's in charge of that. She takes care of that, gets those cards to be signed and to try to lift another person's spirits. Why does she do that? It's, it's an expression of God's reign in her life. Doris Finger has taught children for 40-some-plus years here. Why would she teach your children that long? Because of the reign of Jesus. And, and we can go on. I mean, I mean, Sue Benner is out here working on bulletin boards and, and the resource room. Why, why does she do that and Dave uh, do th- those things? Because they're looking for ways to let Jesus reign in their life. Um, a couple weeks ago, we went to Stella's home, and uh, she said, Now, I want you to explain what I need to do to be a Christian. And we talked to her about what the Bible says. She looked at it for herself and said, then that's what I want to do. And that was an expression of God's reign in her life. She's not going to resist. She's going to submit. And, you know, on and on I can go with examples of people here in this congregation who are letting Jesus to some extent or another and in various ways to reign in their life. The kingdom has come, and now they're seeking to let God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what it means to be in the kingdom of God, a citizen in this kingdom over which Christ reigns as king. How can we let it reign? By serving there's this last slide has uh, pictures that I, I put together. Um, I had some of my kids. Kim said, "No, you can't use those." But a few years ago, do you remember what it was like when you liked to walk in the rain when it didn't bother you? 
You wouldn't pass up a mud puddle. I mean, you got to stomp in those. You remember when it, it, it's not been that long, has it? Um, a few years ago when, well, our kids were a little bit younger, um, Kelly was still in high school age, we had a downpour one day. And uh, I looked out the window, and all of our kids are running around in the yard like a bunch of yahoos, you know, just running in the rain. You know, they, they, they were soaking wet. There wasn't a dry spot on They didn't have an umbrella. They were just playing in the rain. And we had this little trench, a, a little concrete uh, gully, you know, by the edge of the road. And Matthew was laying in it with the water going down, breaking over the top of his head, you know, going around him. They were completely enjoying playing in the rain. What I'm suggesting for the next few weeks is that we regain that sense of joy and uh, just enthrallment with a different kind of rain. In the same way that when you were a child, you played in the rain and enjoyed every minute of it. I want us to renew our love and our joy for the reign of Jesus in our lives. Live it out. And as you go about this week, I want you to think in particular of this specific avenue of service. What can I do this week that helps me to live out the reign of Jesus? To show that I'm trying to make the will of God here on earth the same as it is in heaven. Let's be about that task. We need desperately to pray for rain. And when we do, when we open ourselves up to his reign, it'll change us. But it'll also change those with whom we come in contact. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a child of God, you're not a part of his kingdom then why don't you make the decision today to let Jesus reign on you? The Bible says, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you need to believe in him and be baptized. If you haven't done that, why don't you do that this morning? If you're a child of God already but unfaithful, and you want to get back, I I haven't let Jesus reign. Oh, I'm in the kingdom, but I have let things slide. I've, I've just gone through the motions, and it's time to get back to seriously letting him reign in me. I don't want to be a, a citizen in name only. I, I want to, to reflect his reign. If that's the case, we'll pray for you. If you'll come as we stand together and sing.